And welcome back once again to the Bianca Del Rio podcast. I just had the opportunity to sit down and talk to a gal who is doing everything. I say honestly, everything. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's a television host. She's a podcaster. She's an author. She does voiceover. She does everything. She really does. And I'm super impressed. I've met her many times uh, in our gay circles, uh, either at the New Now Next Awards once when I was receiving an award or when I was on the road doing drive and drag earlier this year. She came up to me with a mask and says, it's me, Nicole. I'm like, I know who the fuck you are, Nicole, who was everywhere. She immediately then said, I want to be a part of your podcast. So I had a chance to sit down with this lady. She's extremely busy, so I did appreciate her time. It is none other than Nicole Byer. And it went a little bit like this. And I'm here now with the fabulous Nicole Byer. How the hell are you, Nicole? Hi, 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 hi! <laughs> Bianca! <laughs> now, wait, you know what's crazy is that you are truly everywhere doing every damn thing, and I am so happy to hear that. I think that is like the best thing to know a bitch who's out there hustling, keeping 10 things floating at the same time. I mean, hands down, bow to you, bow to you, I bow mean- to you. Talking about hustling, you yeah. finished Drag Race and didn't stop touring. Yeah, well, th- thanks till somebody <laughs> ate a fucking bat and ruined it. But yeah, I was supposed to be on the road. But you know what I mean? That's like, so I'm just happy that you took the time today to come chat with us. I know you've got 19,000 podcasts going on, <laughs> and I see you everywhere. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I just think it's amazing what you're able to accomplish right now. What's going on in the world? But the podcast thing, I'm thinking, how can you handle four podcasts? At one time. What is that process like for you? Are you like on a microphone every day, every hour? I mean, how does this work? Let's, I got a lot to say. Uh, Two of them are just like recap podcasts. So it's like the content's there. You just talk about it. And the other one's love. Why won't you date me? It's about love. I'm always interested in people's love lives. I'm very nosy. Right. And then uh, the fourth one is best friends with Sashir Zameda, my best friend. And truly, we just... (laughs) Yeah, you just talk. Well, just for those who are listening, she said before, it's why don't you date me? Best friends with Sashir Zameda, 90 Day Bay, and newcomer with Lauren. Lapkus. Now, mm-hmm. I just think it's insane just, you know, basically keeping the schedule and keeping up with people whose schedules are changing. But now that everybody's doing everything from home, mm-hmm. it's kind of a blessing and a curse because they're like, oh, well, can we do it Thursday? Or can we do it Friday? <laughs> or can I move it to three? And you're like, son of a bitch, I had my day set. Uh-huh. And now everything has shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it was nicer in person because people held the date held the yes. time yes. but you're right people are at home and they're like mm, what if we did it that different and you're like okay yeah. yeah we're not going anywhere sure we can do it whenever you fucking want well it's like that theory, you know gay men always say it's a horrible thing that once you've douched and then they cancel you know it's just that <laughs> moment of like you're waiting for this thing to happen uh-huh. and look what done happened you're sitting at uh-huh. home with a clean asshole and no I mean, action same thing when you shave your pussy and you're like <sighs> um 
You're not coming over? Wait a minute. I got a question, though. Is that shaving? Now, this is, I'm curious. Is shaving uh-huh. the vagina the thing to do? Are you shaving, is it like a bald thing? Or are you just doing a little touch here and there to make it pretty, just, cleaning just it up? T- just a touch here and there, cleaning okay. it up. So okay. it, there's nothing worse than someone pulling a hair out of their mouth as they're like, <laughs> And you're like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, because I mean, I think everybody has different standards. So I guess I have to ask a female, like, what exactly would the process be if it's just cleaning up around the sides, trimming uh-huh. it down, making it, more, is it more landing strip or is it more Greenland? Is it more, I, I mean, would... is there a specific shape or font, I should say, uh-huh, vagina font. font that's <laughs> Italic. Uh, yes. No, I'm trying. <laughs> I try to go for like a landing strip, but you know, the bitch is fat, so it's hard to see down there. And sometimes it zigzags, and sometimes it looks like a thunderbolt, and you're like, oh, that's fine. Or a lightning bolt or whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess that is tricky. No, and, and it's. I think it's important to actually take care of those types of things, you know, to, to clean things up, not just for other people, but like for yourself, because you feel better when everything is kind of trimmed and nice, you know? It you, is nice. I, I you think You slip that. on your underwear and you're like, oh, she did something. <laughs> she just, you know, I had a friend of mine that was explaining to me in New York that they, at the time, all the gays were getting uh, sugared, which was that big ball of wax that they take. It's like a sugary oh, base thing. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. And they roll it all over your areas and up underneath and on your mm-hmm. undercarriage and what have you. And they pull out all the hair. They said it was safer and better than waxing. And I have not tried it. And I, have you tried it? No? No. That sounds, I don't know. It just, that sounds too much. I've only had my <laughs> pussy waxed once and it was a lot. And it was a Russian woman who was like, you're a big, strong girl. Do not cry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I still cried. I'm like, just one single tear. I was like, oh my God. Never again. You know, I worked with a Russian woman. Her name was Luba, who I loved. And her solution to everything was vodka. So I'm like, oh, I've got a headache. Get you some vodka. My foot hurts. Vodka. My ass itches. Vodka. It was always the same thing with Luba. You can always count on her. So they, they show no emotion. And it's nothing against Russian people. This is just a fact. I enjoy Luba. I love her. So I don't need anyone complaining. But yeah. So, I mean, here it is. You're, so I, I'm looking at this. You got your four podcasts going. Endless TV shows going on. But everything started for you uh, like in 2013 or 2016 when you did Loosely Exactly Nicole. Now, I'm looking at the title, Loosely Exactly, and I was just saying to someone else, I have a friend that pronounces the word exactly, exactly. With a T, oh. and, and it drives exactly. me insane. Exactly, I can't even do it. Exactly, I, yeah. So it doesn't as I was roll re- off the tongue. No, but you know what does? A good shaved pussy. But listen, <laughs> it says here when it said exactly. I'm looking at it printed, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't. I'm thinking exactly. So loosely, exactly, Nicole. It's when things really started taking off for you, which started out. Well, you tell us the story about that. I don't want to. Yeah. Put words in so. Your mouth. No, no, it's fine. I was on this show called Girl Code. Girl Code yep. was popular, and then MTV was like, I mean, this is this doesn't happen to very many people. They were like, what would you like to do? And I said, ooh, a scripted uh, show. Ooh. I want to do that. Yeah. So they said, all right, let's 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 do it. And I got to do two seasons. I moved to Facebook Watch. Uh, six people watched it over there, because nobody yeah. knows <laughs> Facebook <laughs> yeah. <has> shit. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, we're not going to promote it. Don't worry. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> With this type of situation, when you're saying you want to do a scripted show, is this something that you wanted to create, write, produce, direct? Did you want to be the Tyler Perry of it, saying, I want to be involved in all aspects of it? and being, Or were you the, the comedian who says, write for me, make it good, you know, I'll put my stank on it, but you know what I 
what I mean? Like, this is the setup. Yeah. No, I wanted to learn. So I was going to oh. try to direct a couple, like, an episode and shadow my director, but then starring in it, I just, yeah. I couldn't figure out how to, you know, shift my focuses. And some people do that really well. Like, I think Issa Rae, you know, stars, also directs, she yeah. APs, she's involved in every aspect of it. I think the next show that is my own thing, I would want to do more. But yeah. at the time, I was 25, I think. Oh, get out of here. Living yeah. the life. Yeah. I was like, I don't fucking know how to do any of this. Or like 26, something like that. Young. Yeah. Young and yeah. dumb and couldn't figure no, it out. But young and talented enough to get these opportunities. I mean, it oh, doesn't happen. No, it's true, you. though. It doesn't happen. I mean, there are a couple of useless bitches like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> but in theory... It- well, let's be. She ain't worried about me. She's over there making pussy candles. Speaking, Truly. I mean, ta- I mean, honestly, that old pasty white bitch is going. I'm gonna make pussy candles. Because I think love it. Of- She's like, let's see how many white people buy this. Exactly. It's wild. It's like she's running a scam on y'all. It's true. And like. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but who wants their house smelling like pussy? I mean, a secret moment, maybe. Like, a little, you know, a little pussy freshener spray that you mm-hmm, can spray, mm-hmm. like, before you go out would be nice. Or something to get you, you know, excited. I just can't imagine a candle being lit saying, mmm, I'm gonna mm, sniff this. Mm. Nice, homey pussy. Mmm. <laughs> I feel warm. Yeah, it's a little much. It's a little much. But, so anyway, she's useless. You are not useless. And you're 25 <laughs> at this point. And you're, you're, you have the show now. And, and uh, did you enjoy the ride? Did you think the process was more stressful than it was? Did you say, fuck this, I'm going back to doing stand-up? What, what, no, what? I fucking loved it. It was yeah. so much fun. Like, seeing something from inception to the finished product is such a treat. Yeah. And I was Unless doing it's a baby. Unless it's a baby. Yeah, if it's a baby, don't you, you, you don't want none of that. No, no, no. you want a career. I yeah. can't imagine having a baby being like I just woke up and I have to fucking feed this thing exactly. before <laughs> I feed my thing no I can't do that I just can't imagine waking up and having responsibility like who right? like I do, I have no interest in in children no None. No, no 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 and then they're stupid yeah. like and like truly they're stupid and that's not me being rude they literally don't know anything unless you tell them <laughs> Ugh, Agreed. I, they're not for me. <laughs> Agreed. And what, what happens if you have a child and they grow up to be an asshole? Like, like, like that. That's they, on you. You for did For the rest badly. of your life. For the You're rest like, of your life. You're like, my kid's a fucking asshole. And there's nothing I can do about it because I did it wrong. I raised it up wrong. But isn't it kind of amazing that what if, what if you do have a child and the child is Oprah Winfrey? And then you go, oh, now, you see, I did right. But then you have a child grows up to be Oprah Winfrey, then Oprah talks about all the trauma of her childhood, and you're like, well, okay, um, well, okay, she is Oprah, but I I did, yes, I did do that, but, I mean, the the bad things I did shaped you into Oprah, can I have some money? Yeah, yeah, completely, completely, because that fixes everything, that that completely fixes everything. All right, so we were saying, talking about the process of the show, you see, we, we we just go on little tyrants here um but the process of the show you know it was just nice to see something you know from paper as you said mm-hmm. to 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 full fruition there it is mm-hmm. in front of your face and did you say hey i want to do more of this or do i want to just go back on the road uh, what were you thinking 
Um, I was like, I want to do more of this. I think I'm funny. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'm a pretty decent actress. That's yeah. also wild. Like you're acting and you're like, I don't know, this might be bad. <laughs> and oh, you see, honey, you're like, oh, honey, I've okay. been there. I've been there. <laughs> Trust me. Many things. I'm like, I can't watch anything that I've done. I can't mm-hmm. watch anything that I do. If they send it usually for approval, which is nice when you get that option. Oh, that's but so usually, nice, but very rarely. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. And also very rarely am I pleased with it. So I just disappoint myself. And I think that mm-hmm. happens with comedy in general is that if you're given the chance to relive it, you try to find 10 other ways to redo it, you know? Yes. But in and the when moment... it's done, it's, it's done. And it's you're like, done. oh, fuck, I fuck. wish I had done this. Yes. I wish I had said this this way. Yeah, you just like get in your head. But like when it's all finished, there's music and there's act breaks and or yeah. like uh, uh, commercial breaks. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. It's finished. I love it. Yeah. Uh, would, I, would, would I do it again? In a heartbeat. I would love right. to. I would love to have my own show again. So what what technically got you into all of this? I mean, how did you how did you did you start out wanting to act? Did you start out with comedy? Did you start out you know playing dress up with your friends and mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm gonna be the star? Because it's always the case. Like we had a neighbor when I was growing up named Dina Balestra, useless little bitch, but her family owned a grocery store. <laughs> uh-huh. So she had all the best toys. She had the playroom, which we never had. You know, mm-hmm. Spanish people ain't got no room for play for toys <laughs> because they're filled with kids. So we were all trapped in one house. But she didn't have out to anything you know Dina <laughs> and I'm doing pretty good because I had to use my imagination uh-huh. as a child so yeah. and because my parents were cheap but in in the end did you find did you grow up that way did you say okay this is just who I am this is the need for attention or did something trigger it and bring you bring you to a funny place I've always been like loud okay uh, I my parents called me Tina because uh, I would just like scream along to Tina Turner uh, cassettes. I have a private dancer and I loved oh, private dancer Yes, and would just scream along to it. And then in high school, my mother was like, you talk a lot. Yeah. How about you? How about you get in the play? Be in the play, act a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was a comedy. And that first laugh, I'll tell you, I remember it. Really? I remember what I was wearing. I remember how my hair was. And I remember in rehearsals, people that laugh, but you know, you rehearse things till they're dead. Nobody's laughing yeah. anymore. But the audience like made it come alive again. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This is fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. powerful. I want this all the time. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, I was like, all right, that's it. That's a wrap. I want to be an actress. I'm going to go to New York City and I'm going to be on Broadway. Oh, perfect. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a 20-year-old who cannot sing or dance. <laughs> hey. I do not think Broadway is for you, honey. You got to get to 60 years old so you can be the mama, the matriarch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be real. A lot of people make it to Broadway that can't sing or dance. That doesn't mean that they don't do it. We know many. We know many. I'm not going to name names. But Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I'm kidding. I don't know if she's done. I don't know if she's done. Broadway. I love that you have it out for that bitch today. No, I don't. I just, you know, I just look at her. I think I was mad. I've been mad at her for a long time mm-hmm. because, I, you know, there's just something about she seems like a young Karen. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, she seems like a bitch. She seems like she got everything she could ask for. Why is she such a troll? Why is she making pussy cat? She didn't deserve that Oscar for that movie. She did not deserve it. She was for, up for Shakespeare in Love and Elizabeth. It should have been Kate Blanchett who won for Elizabeth, and that didn't happen. I've been mad, Nicole. You've been mad, mad for years. I've been mad. I've been mad. Fuck her. Uh, she's got money for therapy. I, I don't. hope Kate Blanchett is listening. 
egg. And she's like, Blanchard. yeah. We love yeah, her. Yeah, I did deserve it. Breaks she, into Gwen's house and steals her Oscar. <laughs> she should. I wish she would. It, no, I mean, honestly, she really did. But you know how it is with the Academy Awards that they just, every other year, some like Whoopi Goldberg didn't get it for Color Purple, but she mm-hmm. got it for Ghost. And you're like, get out of here with that bullshit. You didn't you know, like Ghost? I loved her in Ghost, but I thought what she, she did. She deserved it for the Color Purple. Color Purple, mm-hmm. you know. But also, it's, it's, a cra- it's a crazy way. But the next nomination was for Ghost. Comedies rarely win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, when she got that, I was like, this is kind of insane to me. But I'm like, okay, maybe it's because she did so well in color purple yeah that was, i feel like you know. sometimes they like reward you for other things mm-hmm. and you're like yeah it's it's unless nuts. unless you're glenn close and you don't get shit now you don't that get blows my mind eight you nominations anything eight nominations Wait, what was that movie where she uh, she played the butler oh uh, 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 albert knobs yes yes i still haven't seen it but i want to watch it so you bad do. it's brilliant she had done the it was a play that she had done like 15 years before and so she brought it to create this film eight nominations but then Gwyneth Paltrow has one. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow got a category. Mm-hmm. Marissa Tomei mm-hmm. has one. Get out of here with that fuckery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Come on. Anyway, now that we're completely on a whole other subject. <laughs> so you knew then. You got the bug. You got yeah. the itch for it. And you're saying, this is it. So you got a yeah. couple of laughs on a show. And you know, Kel mm-hmm. Burnett has the same story that she talks about. She goes, once the one time she did something funny, she never forgot that feeling and it changed her life. So, I mean, you're in good company to be with. Oh, so, what a treat. Carol Burnett, my oh. God. I did a pilot with her years and years and years no. and years ago. No. I truly had like one scene in it. Okay. But she was so nice, Aww. so kind. She didn't have to talk to me, but she did. Right. Yeah. And... It was a, a multicam, so there was an audience. And she comes out, and the crowd loses their Aww. minds. Yeah. And she does the scene. We reset. She does the scene again, but she has such specific things that she did differently. Yeah. It was a fucking master class in acting Aww. and in comedy. She was Bob Mackie did the, the costumes for her. It was honestly, like, I'm I'm surprised it didn't go. This is like maybe five or six years ago. My really? God, she's incredible. No, just a she, fucking legend. She just had a birthday. Uh, she just had a birthday. I just saw. No, love, love, love. I haven't met her yet. I have friends that I've met her. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up watching reruns of The Carol, because I'm not that old. But I, <laughs> I, I was watching the reruns on TBS uh, as a child. And that's when I first fell in love with her. But I'm curious with you, where did, where did you grow up? Before you got to, before you moved to New York and wanted to be on Broadway, where, where did you grow up from originally? I grew up in Middletown, New Jersey. Uh, you no, I would have thought you were a good old Southern gal. I didn't think nah, New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. You can't hear the trash. Well, I, well, I mean, uh, I can smell it, but yeah, no, that's um, no, that's not that bad then. Okay, I just for some reason I thought you were a Southern gal. Okay, so you're in New Jersey. Nah, Jersey. So Broadway wasn't far. It was close. No, it was. It close. was uh, if you sped forty five minutes, if you drove the speed limit, it was like an hour ten. Okay. Hour twenty on the train, we would, I would make fake permission slips truly in comic sans give them to my dad and be like i need cash uh they're not (laughs) taking checks anymore and then just skip school and go to the city and go see shows no just a nerd (laughs) (laughs) what a life you are ballsy ass bitch i can't that's the worst thing that somebody could say is no he could have been like no you can't go to the city that day you can't go on that class trip and i'd be like you're gonna you know not let me have an education daddy Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i would just go to the city we would like hang out in the bars after shows and shit yeah Uh, I'm sure everybody knew we were like 18, 17, but 
you know, we were nerds and like the theater community embraces little nerds and they want to nurture it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors and we'll be back with Miss Nicole Byer. we're back with the fabulous Mr. Cole Byer who was just telling me that she was uh, basically lying to her family <laughs> to get money to go live in New York and fulfill her drug problem. Uh, I'm kidding. No. Uh, I mean, she wanted, you were close. You, know, you were close to New York. So how it's too tempting not to want to go. You would go there, lie to people, spend your money, spend, mm-hmm, spend their mm-hmm, money mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. just and live your little life. Right. Yeah. That, that I was loved the plan. it. Yeah. That was the plan. Uh, and then I went to school in New York. I went to, I guess you can call it college. I don't know. It yeah. was like a two-year little conservatory. Uh, I won't even say the name because okay. it was trash. No, but you know, I, you, do you know how many people I know connected with this particular school? that and mm-hmm. Not connected, but everybody I know had gone there. Yes, like, like because that, they, they made it seem like it was like the creme de la creme. Yes. After two years, you're a professional. And then I went to like my first audition and I was like, what do you mean I don't have to be in a leotard? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see me do a paddle turn? Like, Watch <laughs> this. Watch it. But that's the, isn't that crazy, though? I think that, that that one particular school has been problematic for a lot of people. Yes. And a lot of it, it's like the scarlet letter. Everybody's like, yep. ooh, I don't want to mm-hmm. mention it. I don't want to. Uh-huh. T- it's like that one ex-boyfriend that you had. You uh-huh. know what I mean? That uh-huh. you're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> but he exists. Yeah, I guess. Yes. So you, yes, so the school exists. The, the, sadly. But yes. <laughs> So you you finished up school and then uh-huh. you say, all right, what am I doing? Yeah. So I kind of I went on like two terrible auditions and was like, OK, I guess I won't do that anymore. Uh, I was working at Lame Bryant, which I love to call Lame Giant. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, nobody liked that there. <laughs> Everyone got very mad at me. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. I had a uh, I had this drag queen that I knew once named Princess Janae, who I absolutely loved. She lived in New York, and mm-hmm. she had on bangle bracelets. And one day I was like, you know, I can never find bangle bracelets because my hand is large. The, mm-hmm. My wrist isn't, but the hand is. And she's like, girl, you need to go over to the Lame Bryant's. And I I was like, what you mean? She goes, big girls, big wrists. And I went, ah, perfect for a drag queen. Because I uh-huh. couldn't get it past my hand. So, yeah, I, I do love Lane Bryant. So, yeah, a drag queen named Sweetie who has since oh, yeah, passed Sweetie. away. I fucking love Sweetie. So Sweetie I worked a drag show with her. But she used to come in and get her little corsets and whatnot. Uh-huh. And she came in once with this fabulous fur coat. And it was before I started working with her at this drag show. And I was like, oh, I just, I love your fur coat. And she's like, thank you, honey. Give me a corset. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sweetie was a good time. I, I went Sweetie out of town. Was so fucking funny. And talk about a bitch who could lip sync the shit yes. out of anything. Yes. I, a true lip sync assassin. I, I loved seeing her perform. I usually don't get into people lip syncing because I think it's just dumb. But when I see <laughs> somebody do it right, you know uh-huh. what I mean? When someone knows all the new nuances and and I guess because I'm just old like I knew so many drag queens that would impersonate you know Judy Garland or impersonate mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli but they're doing it meticulously where they know every little detail yes. about them yes. that I love Sweetie would never really do illusion 
directions, but she knew like every word to the rose, uh-huh. every to the, breath. I thought she was actually singing at one point. Like the yes. first time I saw her, I was like, holy shit, she can sing. She yes. sounds just like the track. And they're like, Nicole, are you stupid? And I was like, uh-oh, am I? <laughs> Turns out I'm a dumb bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> a dumb but talented bitch. That's uh-huh. you, you keep forgetting that part of it. You keep forgetting it. So you're at Lane Bryant, hawking bracelets, and uh-huh, uh-huh. and do you know where your life is going? Because I always sure did fascinated. Um, you see, but don't you find like at that point in your life, even though you're working at this job that you know is not going to be the forever job, but you're you're in New York. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you're kind of going, okay, this makes sense for now. For now, you know? yeah. I yeah. truly Googled what do actors do when they're not acting? And the first thing that came up was improv. Oh. So I said, all right, I'll go do improv. <laughs> really? You looked yes. this up. Okay, that's genius. Yes. Okay. So then I started uh, taking classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade yes. uh, Theater run by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian Walsh, uh, Ian Roberts, and uh, just like was one of the few black people there. So one yeah. of the teachers there, Sylvia Ozels, really championed me and she was like, don't stop. I think you're really funny and I think you could be really good at this and I think you should just keep going and I was like oh alright like yeah. just like yeah, okay yeah. Google said I should do it you said I should do it I, I <laughs> guess I'll true. keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> but did you find did you find that you enjoyed it more than you thought because I think people are usually scared of improv and it's yeah. just kind of like I, I feel like for me in particular, I enjoy it more than scripted stuff because I find mm-hmm. scripted stuff gets a little chaotic because I start going, well, I could say it this way. I could say mm-hmm. it that way. As you and I were talking earlier, it's like once you put it out there, it's out there and it's done and you're kind yeah. of more in control. You're like floating that invisible ball uh, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. I love it because it's freeing. I didn't realize that improv could be like a means to an end that you could just do an improv show and not, you know, put lines in there and then do a scene or whatever. So like in class, I'd be like, this and then like everyone would laugh and I'd be like oh the shit inside my head is funny right. and then you just like learn how to like give and take and set people up for jokes people set you up for jokes um yeah I just I really loved it and that's where I met my best friend Sashir Zameda who I collaborate co- yes. <laughs> collaborate right, right. with yes. we uh-huh. work together uh-huh. yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah it was just like awesome and then like we made a web series so that was us figuring out how to act so like yeah. we just like learned how to act together and I'm just like so grateful and thankful for that fucking time. But do you find that when when you're dealing with with acting in particular that I uh, I do you find you base it on people you've met, people you know, or those mm-hmm. characters where you go, oh, that's like my grandma, that's like my sister, that's like my whatever. Or yeah. you know that that's like that lady I've seen at work. <laughs> you know, uh, like, does all of that come into play too? Because I think that, I, I always said I wanted to write a book called People I've Met. And it's just mm-hmm. a chapter on every person. Because there's some fucking crazy people in this world that have brought me so <laughs> much enjoyment, you know? That they Absolutely. don't even, they don't even know how much they've filled my life. But it uh-huh. is something that I base everything on. So is that kind of the process for you when you're sitting there acting, oh, yeah. you're going, oh, I'm going to act like her uh-huh. and act like this. Yeah. Yep. I try to bring a little bit of me, but if it's somebody so far away from me, like a... Like a, Gwyneth Paltrow? A bit, like, yeah, if I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to play Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, I channel all the rude people. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> here's my mortgage lady yeah. is one of the funniest people I've ever okay. met just in the world. I love so- the setup. I love the setup because that already, that's how I go through life. It's the most random people. Yes, okay. Yeah, and she's got this like throaty laugh and... I used her voice for this like Tuca and Birdie uh, character that I did and I told her about it and she was just like ha ah, I can't believe you used me ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like her response was just per- like she yeah. she makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. And then uh, there's this other guy in my life who starts every conversation with God bless, oh, and God. I love that. So I just do that sometimes in my real. I'm just like, oh yes, God bless, God bless everybody. God bless. Yeah. Yes, Shabbat yeah. Shalom. God bless. Uh, but yeah, you just like pick up these weird things from people and then use it, kind of like RuPaul's. You already uh, what is it? You, yeah, she you, already done Sharon had hers. Is, is, yeah, is yeah, one yeah. of my favorite stories that she's just drunk in a chicken place and the girl behind the cat she already knows and it's like thank you but thank you so much you. <laughs> yes. those types of things stick with you which which I enjoy and and usually I guess when you're a comedian people always go here's a joke you can use mm-hmm. it and you're like mm-hmm. no you are the joke yes. you yes. you are yes. what makes me laugh yeah completely yeah whenever people do that my family loves to do that they'll be like oh you yep. can write that in your little jokes and your little skits and I'm like yeah. oh I will write something Wait. but it will not be this my like, grandpa said jokes, to me little jokes and little skits. little jokes they love to just you know really make it just so minuscule what you do but my grandpa said to me once he was like asking me if i had voted and i was like uh no this is like when obama his second term i was like no and he was like nicole you have to vote what have all the people got together to vote to cut all the heads off the fat people and you didn't vote you'd have no head and i was like what a gift you just said to me. <laughs> it's not nice, but it's also true. And also, I can't believe you said that without giggling. Wait, he really thought about that one. He really did. And he says shit like that all the time. And I'll be like, Grandpa, I say this about you on stage. And then he'll say something that he thinks is a joke. And he's like, you want to say that on stage? And I'm like, no. No, no I'm good. <laughs> no. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, mean, I think the worst part is if they cut off your head, wouldn't it be more upsetting that you're dead? I mean... You can't live without a head, Grandpa. You sure can't, but he did not think that far ahead. He's like, they're coming to cut your head off because you didn't vote. And they, they were voting to cut the heads off the fat people. And he's like, from A to B to C to D, like, how the fuck did you arrive here, Grandpa? It's true. Oh, I love Grandpa. How old is Grandpa? My God, so old. He's 80-something. Oh, He's I love still it. driving, blind love in one it. eye. That's fine. His name is Elmo Byer. If you live in Chicago, report him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm going to look him up on Instagram, but I'm, I don't think he's there. Report him. <laughs> report him. I love everybody. See, that's what I think is, I think that's probably like the key to comedy is just having funny people around mm-hmm. you. And, and I often see many people that are, you know, kind of wrapped up in themselves. And I don't know if you are a pen to paper joke writer or mm-hmm. are you a in the moment here's a thought and then you just play it out however many ways and I always tell people like once you get the laugh you don't forget the laugh but if it mm-hmm. doesn't laugh you will never yes, forget you'll never it. fucking say it again yeah, you you'll go, never no, say no, it. no no that yeah. did not work yeah um, I don't write jokes top to bottom okay. so I'll come up with a punchline and yeah. then get on stage and I usually go I'm just I'm working something out let's right. see Let's see if you people like this. Yeah. So then the people are like, oh, I might not like this. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, you get into it. And then yeah. if they don't laugh, you're like, you didn't like it. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, got how it. about this? Oh, you kind of liked it. But then you got to have like a banger after. Completely. You know, you have to have something that fucking All reliable. Really works. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have the one that, you know, I'm always fascinated by people that can actually sit down or, or their mind thinks like that mm-hmm. with, with, with writing like a, a specific joke about something. For me, it's just things pop into your head when you see it visually mm-hmm. or 
on the street or you're reading a tweet because I find I can get a lot of material from people's tweets yes. because shit just doesn't translate sometimes. <laughs> I mean, when you see it, you know, and that's why people get in trouble too because when mm-hmm. it's in print, I find yes. it can be really risky. Do you do you find that you censor yourself? Let's say on what you say on your podcast, mm-hmm. would you say on Twitter or is that two separate areas? So on my podcast, I know... If I if if my guest says something that I know the people won't like, I'll uh-huh. address it. Okay. I'll be like, the people aren't going to like that you said that. Oh really? Uh, here are my thoughts on it. Okay, but we're all entitled to have our own opinion because people people get mad <laughs> and yes. people will. So like, I did a joke. This is I, like eight years ago at this point. It's not a good joke. Yeah. It was about. Uh, like an abusive boyfriend situation. I've never been in an abusive relationship. So like, I truly, eh, I don't need to talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the experience, sure. but I told the joke and I didn't realize that like this girl had been like murdered by her boyfriend at the school, like that okay. week. And I was okay. like, oh, oh no, you guys oh. don't like this joke. Oh, and then yeah. on Twitter, they were like, this is what happened. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. And then Got a it. couple of weeks ago, this person was like, Nicole Byer's a piece of shit. She yeah. came to my school. She told a domestic violence. So I just responded. I was like, hey, we all grow. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that you're upset still. I'm sorry yeah. I upset you then. Yeah. But like, I don't tell the joke anymore because we grow. And then I didn't hear anything from them. And I was like, oh, you just wanted to be mad. Oh, but, th- but is th- that's what Twitter's about. Yes. And I think that's the craziness of it is that even if there's something that you do, and I always tell people this when it comes to comedy, just neutral, every joke is not a winner. But yes. it doesn't mean that the person's a horrible fucking person. Yes. And also, you know, it's it's really up to the individual. If you, li- if you don't like me, you're not ever going to like me. So there's Correct. nothing I can do to make you win yes. me over, uh, win you over. So therefore, what they do is they just look for anything that you've done and Mm -hmm. then it just comes in waves where you know you're back on track doing your normal thing and then they go blah 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 Mm -hmm. this offended me well, and it's you know, like so many things in the world. I get offended all the of time. Of course. Yes. This ugly bitch over here, she offended me. She yeah, didn't I, look bitch, right. I, I have like a mirror. Her. I get offended. So, I have know, a mirror. But I don't say anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just yeah. live your life. But then, I know, uh, it's also like such a tough line to walk because it's like, sure, there are like actual offensive jokes that like people shouldn't tell. No. <laughs> but then it's just like, I don't... <laughs> Does everyone have to? I don't know. I no, get, but I, that's what I say. That it's very challenging because I, I think of a Joan Rivers or I think of a Richard Pryor yes, where yes. I'm going, Eddie Murphy in the 80s yes. I mean, had me howling, yes. howling. And the fact that now it's like, <clears throat> I don't know if that would be acceptable or Don Rickles mm-hmm. would be considered this. That that really upsets me because I go, it, it is comedy. Comedy is for us yeah. to laugh, but it doesn't please everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is not going to be your cheerleader, you know? A, a joke that I love. He's this old comic. I cannot remember his name, but he does a lot of crowd work. And he's like, "Okay, I see some." And that's literally how he talks. Yeah. He's like, "I see some pretty girls in the front. You guys a group? Okay. The prettiest ones stand up." And then one girl stood up, and he went, "Oh no, they're lying to you." <laughs> and I <laughs> laughed so hard, and I was the only one laughing. And I was like, "Oh, we don't like that." <laughs> gonna say something offensive because right. you stood up like right. you walked into that and i was like oh okay so we can't just 
call people ugly and say, just kidding. But that's funny. But you see, that's the thing is that I go, I, I, and I, I've often said this before, is that growing up as a drag queen and performing in a bar was a different idea or different game because we didn't have many places to perform in. You know, you mm-hmm. had a gay bar or you had a cabaret theater space that was small. Uh, mm-hmm. So when anyone came into that environment that necessarily wasn't a drag fan or gay, it was, you know, they were they were going to in for some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Our goal was to fuck with them and make it fun and mm-hmm. deal with the, sh- the straight guy who's drunk or the straight girl. That's just what it was. I mean, bachelorette parties, for Christ's sake. That was mm-hmm. the audience. And people enjoy that, but I find it fascinating, even when you, let's say I'm talking to this drunk bitch at brunch, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she doesn't, I mean, she's fine with me talking shit about her, and we're cackling about it, but someone videotapes it. Videotapes it. How old uh-huh. am I? Records it. <laughs> records it. They and put then, it on their camcorder and put it on a VHS tape and upload it to the internet. Beta. Um, but then, here it is, you know, someone films it and goes, oh, Bianca's being a cunt to this girl. This is unacceptable. I'm like, if the bitch I'm talking to doesn't have a problem mm-hmm. with it, why do you? Yes, you know? people love to get offended on behalf of people. Right. And it's like, yeah, if the, the woman you were talking to was fine with it y'all are having a great time right comes up to you after the show i loved it da, 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 yeah. da, i was part of the show it's like then everybody should be fine with it yeah but uh, do you find that that do you find that with stuff that let's say like i was asking you before when it comes to what you will tweet about as mm-hmm. nicole the comedian is it anything that you would that you censor or basically go well i'm not gonna go that far in print but i'll do it live yes yeah okay. yeah Absolutely. I have this <laughs> this one joke that like well, on paper sounds insane and when yeah. I say it it sounds it's it's like a pedophile joke and oh, the whole yeah. premise of it is is don't fuck a kid but then I go into the reasons as to why you shouldn't. <laughs> and the first time I told it the audience was like, "No, <laughs> we hate it." And I truly said out loud, "Sisters so Amanda told me to tell this joke." <laughs> I threw her under the fucking bus. (laughs) And then the second time I told it, I just prefaced it with, this is a joke nobody likes. Uh, I love it. You may hate it. People don't like it. You want to hear it. So then everyone thinks they're like in on something fun. Right. And then I tell it and it fucking crushes every time I do it, but I'll (laughs) never put it in print, nor will I ever record it. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I always say. When you're in the venue and you're there and the people know that you're a rotted bitch, they're Mm going to come to see you be a rotted bitch. Mm -hmm. And you're teetering on that line of if I'm not rotted enough, it's not going to work. And Mm -hmm. if you're in that environment, so if someone is recording, which of course, number one, is just completely distracting yes. uh, in the audience, number one. So that really, because I mean, phones, it's, it's once, once you see it, your brain is like, what the fuck, mm-hmm, what the fuck, mm-hmm, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So it's what are the they worst. Post? Yeah. Yes. And I've asked people to take shit down. Like, I've had people put whole jokes in their stories and I'm Ugh. like, I know you don't have that many followers, but like, I don't know who's going to find, like, just yeah, take it down. It's not done. Right. Yeah, I agree. And also, I just think that, you know, in that space, live in the moment. I mean, I grew up without phones, so mm-hmm. I remember being in the moment and enjoying it and, and seeing it for what it was, you know? Yes. That's what I think. That's what I prefer, you know, I mean, school. that's I, that's what I prefer, too. But, you know, that's not, that's not, a, that's not the, where the we current live in. situation. No, it ain't. So, Everybody got a phone. No, it's true. It's wild. And and with with this world, you know, as you're dealing with your your shows that you'd created, and then you were going into a whole nother genre after the shows and after the comedy, which is all this voiceover work. So you yes. just, you know, your mother was right. You like to fucking talk. <laughs> you're a talking bitch. And so now you've used every formula. I mean, you know, let's just be honest. You know, voiceover is is, is the only thing next is radio, but I guess that's podcast. So I mean, uh-huh. where you endlessly talk for hours. How 
how did all of that come about? What was my first voiceover thing? I don't remember. I think it might be Star versus the Force of Evil, which is this Disney show. Oh, and girl. they were like, it's Disney. You could be as big and as broad as you want, which is something you cannot do with like live action acting. You kind of have to ground it a little. Yeah. And you can't just be a cartoon, which is what I like. Yeah. And they let me do this princess <laughs> called Princess Dinosaur. And her voice was truly just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was up for that role. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like let me do whatever i want it and then i'm on this show right now called the pole where they just let me do whatever i want and it's just i love voiceover you don't have to dress up right look like shit yeah rolling in slippers nobody really sees you especially now people are on zoom they're far away they just like put a filter on you i love it i love voiceover work and what is it like how do you maintain your voice i mean like i am a a talking fool Mm -hmm. and i've had problems in the past because do you drink because i drink do you drink i drink okay you drink yeah that, i'm curious are you a vodka or a tequila person vodka vodka person now are you star trek or star wars uh trek really okay good okay. yes that says a lot about you i'm not uh, a star wars gal i, don't I get do because i watched them all recently with my friend lauren lapkus for our podcast uh-huh. and people hate the first three but i was like the first three were fine yeah yeah the middle three are boring and then the the post calls, the last three, I like them, and people didn't like them, and I was like, why does everyone have such a hot, they're just movies, they they're are, fine, well, they're movies. Well, they're movies, but let me, you know the one I do enjoy, because I'm not really a fan of either one, I liked Star Trek because it was set in the 60s, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the hair and everything, but what I thoroughly enjoy, have you seen Spaceballs? Mel Brooks Spaceball. Yes, that I did shit see it. is rotted, rotted, <laughs> rotted, and it's that opening scene where it takes about twenty minutes for this tiny little <laughs> fucking spaceship to cross the screen is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Anyway, um, but yeah, so here it is. So here it is that you, a vodka drinker, who can do all this voiceover work. I mean, how do you maintain? Your voice, and just in general. Like, don't say, oh, I sleep every day and eat almonds, because I don't believe that. No, I, I, I don't I, really take care of it. And the days I'm scratchy, I just learned that if I hold my throat like that, uh-huh. it just sounds better. So that's what I do. Because there's days I've rolled in and I'm like, I have to sound like me. And I'm like, hello. And it's hard. And then I get in my car, smoke a cigarette, and I'm like, oh, boy, you tricked him again. <laughs> No, I wish I took care of my voice. <laughs> if I took care of my voice, I would just have an easier time with life. <laughs> As we both call. <laughs> it's like, just start hacking. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break and listen to our sponsors and be back with Nicole Byer. Oh, God. All right, and we're back with the fabulous Miss Nicole Byer, and we were just discussing, you know, that we like vodka, and our voices sometimes are shit, <laughs> but we get through it, you know? You work and through it. You work through it. Yeah, it's like bad sex. You know that the end is going uh-huh. to come. You don't know yes. if your end will come, but you will yes, just go through it. Yes, but it will come. Yes. It will come. Something will come. Also, there's like a thing about being reliable. Uh-huh. Like, I like being reliable. I don't like canceling shit. No. So, if there's a will, there's a way. I will figure out how to get the job done. Agreed. That's a good bitch. That's a good bitch who figures it out. I mean, you were scamming your dad out of money to get into the city, so I see a pattern here. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Uh mm -hmm. Uh Running the scams, girl. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, when you're drinking your vodka, what's your what's your like drink of choice? Are you a vodka soda? Are you mm-hmm. uh, yeah? I'm a vodka soda. I'm a good gay. I uh-huh. started out drinking Stoli raspberries and club soda, oh. and I cannot drink them anymore. Oh. It truly just reminds me of my twenties mm. and a lot of bad choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I just do like Kettle One club soda with like a a, a twist of lemon, really? or I'll do um. Like a martini, but no okay. vermouth. So oh. truly just a just chilled cup of vodka. vodka. I like that. I do, I do too. Throw in an olive for decoration. Uh-huh. Yes, I agree. Now, isn't that funny? I think it's funny because I've gone through phases of drinks. And, and, it, and I'm curious if you think I'm weird. Because when I was 17, because I'm in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And in New Orleans, you could go to the bars at 18 at the time. You could drink in the bars and what have you. Oh. But I would be in the bar with a white Russian. So okay. I would be drinking that on the dance floor as a gay. Picture this with high-waisted Z Cavaricci pants with a fucking milk drink from a dirty ass bar in New Orleans. Like, who gets milk from the bar? Honestly, I would be like, this bitch is invincible. This bitch is confident. Okay? I need to be friends with this bitch. Truly, if I saw someone just dancing, swaying around with milk. Milk! A milk, <laughs> milk and vodka! And Kahlua! Uh, I'd be like, this girl! <laughs> I love it. No, I absolutely love it. It's insane. Not even like at a brunch or anything. It, it, I mean, not that it's a, it's a milk it's a milk drink. So I just, uh-huh. who was drinking that at 10 o'clock at night on the dance floor? Like, uh, how fucking it. gay could I possibly be? So I'd any, be like, mm, this queen's a top. Queen. You know, that milk, ooh, that milk might fuck you up in the in the booty. <laughs> She's like she she's tolerant. She's she a she a top. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we'll tell from now on. Because we, we, we have to ask you, do you like milk? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Lactose. Mm, yeah. Almond milk. Okay. Oat milk. Okay, okay, got it. All right. Oat milk. Definitely a bottom. Tricky. Okay. <laughs> now... Aside from all the 10,000 things you've got going on now, one of the shows, the big show you have, is Wipeout. Now, talk to me about this with Mr. John on there, Mr. Cute. Oh, boy. Mr. Cute John. I mean, how how, how you got that? How you got that fancy gig? Truly wild. They asked me to do it. Brilliant. And that never fucking happens. Usually you go to like four auditions, a chemistry test, uh-huh. and just like meeting after meeting to be like, I can do it, yeah. but I promise if you hire me, I'll be good. Yeah. But I didn't have to do any of that, which was awesome. And then I met John at our first photo shoot. He was so nice, so kind, and he was like, anything you need me to do, I will do. Oh. And I was like, oh, what did what that mean? And then he was <laughs> yeah. like, being funny. Being yeah. funny and, you know, leaning into jokes. But, uh, yeah, working with him is great. He is <laughs> truly delightful. R- and he's funny. Good. That, you see, yeah. that's nice to hear because usually you don't hear that kind of story coming from anybody mm-hmm. else. That's good to hear. So, I mean, were you intimidated by what goes on this show? Because, you know, it's that type of thing. I mean, first of all, you're doing this show and you're also doing, you know, the baking show, which, mm-hmm. which kills me that it's like two completely different areas. Are you invested <laughs> in either one of them? <laughs> are you into? Are you... I- don't bake okay which i think adds to the appeal that the host is just like i don't know um and then wipe out i love watching people fall i do think it's very funny i do uh but they are truly opposite ends of the spectrum which is a real treat to be like oh i get to like dip my little toes in here dip my little toes in there uh but yeah i feel very lucky because 
uh, both Jacques and John are just easy to work with. That's and right. some people are fucking nightmares. Well, completely. But like, I'm just real lucky that I don't have to deal with that shit. Yeah. No, I mean, I think well, it's also, I find it whenever there's someone that is uh, like, whenever you're dealing with co-hosting with other people, it can be tricky because some people's ego mm-hmm. gets in the way. And the trick is, oh, yeah. I always say you're only as good as the company you keep. Keep it going. We're mm-hmm. good. You're good. I make jokes about myself. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. off, not off limits. You can do anything or say anything and just make it fun for everybody that's involved so that's great to hear yeah and at first i was like a little nervous i was like john cena is a bona fide movie star yeah exactly and i was like kind of psyching myself out of it but then i was like well if you're in the same room with him yeah you're in the same room with him like somebody thought you belonged in the same room so like it's okay you don't have to be nervous you don't have to idolize this person or put them on a pedestal right so that's truly something i've just brought with me to every job i've had yeah uh yeah so you're saying you fucked just say it just say it just say it you can say it here on the show (laughs) listen you work if we did i wouldn't shut up about it i would probably live stream it i'd be like we're going online no because i just assume when you work on a reality show you have to fuck the star because i slept with Uh, rupaul i'm kidding how was it how was it (laughs) oh girl i got the crown didn't i but no that's that's good though so you can work with this hot man and 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 you're enjoying the experience now Mm -hmm. now with because you know that's uh with, that's with Wipeout. That airs every Thursday at 9 p.m. on TBS, for those of you who are uh, listening. And Nailed It is what's uh, airing on Netflix with Nicole in it. And Nicole, like she said, basically she's giving bad advice <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah. Coaching people badly. Uh-huh. This is a uh-huh. beautiful situation for you. <laughs> it's nice. I don't have to be an expert on anything. See, that's Truly, good. I just, no research, walk in, you're like, well, I think you should bake it like this. And it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it and, might be bad. Wait, but not even during quarantine have you found yourself to go, all right, well, let me try if I'm expecting these people to do it like do, do you get the urge to bake a cake do you get the urge to bake no. some bread okay no 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 bread no no cake no, no children the cleanup okay. it's it's a lot of cleanup and you gotta get like a sourdough starter and i'm like what the fuck is that <laughs> what is a starter so it doesn't inspire no. you it doesn't inspire no. you at all no, I like having people make things for me. Uh, oh, bougie bitch! I see, mm-hmm. I see. Okay, yeah, I just didn't, mm-hmm. I just didn't know if, if if something on that level, or when you're involved in it, you kind of go, okay, well, hey, this might be my new path because you've gone through all of these other paths. Why not? Why not? Okay, she's looking no. at me like, fuck no. off! I ain't making no mm-hmm. damn cakes. No, <laughs> it's just it's a lot of work for what for you to like sit down and have a slice of cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the best description. All that work to just have a slice of cake. Like people who love cooking, I'm like, so what? So you have like baked potatoes? Like what? Yeah, like okay. what the fuck? Yeah. I can just you... order that to my house. And get it over with. Now, yes. let me ask you, during this whole quarantine time, because, you know, it's been a, a good minute. <laughs> I mean, I know you've got things going on, which, of course, you're doing any way you can. What have you been, what is you? What has you been your binge this whole time? Is there a particular show? Is there an artist? Is there, I've been on a Michael Bublé kick with my, oh. with, with, I don't know why. I think I've listened to everything else. So I was okay. just like. All right, you know, hey Siri, can you play, um, you know, Michael Bublé, which is my latest. Oh, mm-hmm. she might actually start playing it soon, but um, <laughs> that's been my latest thing. What has been your guilty pleasure this whole time? I don't have no guilty pleasures. I'm proud of everything proud. I do. No, I love 90 Day Fiance. It uh-huh. is 
the best show on television. Mm-hmm. Of course, Drag Race, we got it from for almost six months. I Girl. couldn't believe Girl. they stretched that season out Girl. like that. They stretched it, stretched it. It's been yeah. pulled. It's wild. I mean, it's been wild. It's wild. But like also, I love it, so I'm happy to watch it. Um, yeah. I've been listening to, there's this girl, Brie Runway, who mm-hmm. sounds a little bit like Missy Elliott, and then she's got this song with Missy called ATM, which is truly, if you want to just like work out and have a nice time and, you know, dance a little bit, it's a good danceable song. Uh, Rico Nasty, I really mm-hmm. like. Uh, who else have I been? I mean, I've been, I watched the Tina documentary, so <gasps> I've been listening to a lot of Tina. Okay, wait, let me tell you about that Tina. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Tina fan, and mm-hmm. I just realized how old I sounded when I said, oh, I just listened to Michael Bublé in Palm Springs. What an <laughs> old fucking gay am I? But I, I was, I had this, I put this on Twitter recently. This was one of those things that I stood confidently by as I was typing uh-huh. it, where I'm going, all right, you're going to try to come for me with this one. Mm-hmm. But I said, the word legendary has been used on the shittiest, stupidest people in the the world that when you see something like this Tina documentary and you go she is a fucking legend the word doesn't do her justice like we need yes. a better word because we've Honestly, used the I word agree. we've used legend on all these little stupid fucking drag queens icon <laughs> and nah, 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 stupid <laughs> bitches that just put on a fucking dress some other fag made and now they're like considered legends and I'm like Tina fucking Turner bitch Tina uh-huh. Turner is a legend Liza Minnelli is a legend, a legend. Cher is a legend oh, Cher. I mean god When I saw her in concert, I cried. She descends in this birdcage wearing an afro, then proceeds to wear every other ethnicity Uh in the show. And I was like, yes, no one's unscathed. But like, I (laughs) sobbed. At one point, she skips the length of the stage and we all lost our minds. And I was like, that was nothing. But it was, it was, it's it's share. It's share. share. Uh, But like, Tina, I'm so mad at the world because I was like, she might still be touring. If the press didn't fucking hound her about literal tragedy in her fucking life, Uh, she might still be, yes, every, every fucking thing. So she wrote the book. So now everybody wants to talk about the book. She did the movie to be like, leave me the fuck alone. Everybody wants to talk about the movie. You didn't see the movie? Of course, I lived it. Why would I want to? Right. I wish people just left the bitch alone because (sighs) we might still have Tina. But we do. I think it's uh, her Rio de Janeiro concert. It's What's incredible. the opening dress? Is it the silver dress in the opening? I think it's the silver dress. Um, and it's like three levels of a stage. Or maybe it's in Brazil. I don't... Is Rio de Janeiro in Brazil? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it is. is. <laughs> I don't know where nothing is. I don't know Ooh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I barely know I, where LA is. <laughs> I, I have to say, I got to see Tina Turner live. This was the, the white leather outfit. She came uh, to New Orleans. Is this the I, Wildest Dreams tour? I think it had to be because she had oh, the shorter wig on. Yes. And it was she looked exceptional. She was oh. in a white leather jumpsuit. And yes. I, I was pissed off because when she was coming, they the original opening act I think was supposed to be Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. Who I love Lionel Richie from the Commodores. I loved all his songs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is gonna be a nice show. And then they said, Oh, it's Joe Cocker. And I was like, What the fuck? You know, just being mad at the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I got there. Joe Cocker was fucking unbelievable. I mean, this one man on the stage with mm-hmm. his piano with a voice like ours. You are so beautiful. It was, he was amazing. He was, the, it even made you cough. I saw that. It, 
But he had a voice like ours, and he was uh-huh. up there singing. He was amazing, and I loved it, and I couldn't get over it. And I just thought, wow, this was such a great introduction. Literal, typical fag, just throwing mm-hmm. up my nose at it. Mm-hmm. And then this man turned out to be amazingly wonderful. I was like, oh, I feel like a douchebag now. You know, but Tina... Tina wouldn't, she wouldn't lead you astray. She, she's going to open with somebody amazing. I'm so jealous that you've gotten to see her in concert. I got to I, see her. Yeah. Oh, I live. I love her. I love her so much. And that's why that's why I was so mad when I was on Twitter. I was just like, these people needed to quit saying legend and icon mm-hmm. to stupid fucking people. You know, like some bitch that was on Buffy. They'll go, Oh, she's a legend. <laughs> no, she's not. She's done nothing. She's done she's done nothing. It's it's fucked up. Now, before we go, I wanted to ask you about this new show that you're starring in on NBC, a new series yes. called Grand crew now tell me what is this show about what role do you play in it tell me tell me all about it. okay well i play nikki coles who is an iteration of myself the creator of the show is my friend phil jackson and in real life we would go to this wine bar a bunch of us and talk about like love relationships our careers and i'm very nosy so i'd always be like who you fucking come on (laughs) tell me come on i can't believe you fucking that person (laughs) so (laughs) i'm like the the lone girl in this all-male group and my friend Echo Kellum, who like you know comes out with us uh, for wine nights or whatever, he pays he plays my brother, who's like lovesick, and I'm just trying to get him to be like. Sometimes you just gotta fuck, you know. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to love so everybody. You're the voice of reason. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. Got it. Yeah, I got it. In a gay man's head. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh. in a gay man's head, voice of reason. Uh, yes. To other people, uh, maybe a little <laughs> reckless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm just like so excited. It's like an all black cast. Uh, which is, you know, you don't see it very often. In the 90s, like, I had so many shows to watch that were all black, like Sister Sister, Jamie Foxx Show, Living Single, and then they all just kind of trickled away, and I just hope that, like, I don't know, some kid sees the show and they're like, oh, holy shit, like, I can do that too. You know, just trying to, like, inspire people. Oh, that's important. Yes, the inspiring <laughs> is, the, inspiring is that, yeah, completely. I, no, no, I'm just I think, excited. It's, no, this I think is it, great. The pilot's great. Like, I watched the pilot and I was like, oh, she's an actress. Oh, so oh, you, you didn't cringe. My. No, you, I didn't. I like, am, the whole thing top to bottom, I was like, this is fucking solid. I can't fucking wait for people to see this. Well, Sometimes good. you get scared and you're like, I don't know, they might not like it. But I'm like, if you don't fucking like it, that's on you. You fucked up. Yeah, com- without a doubt. And that's when you go drink a little bit. <laughs> more i completely agree that's been my entire life and that's why my life is a fucking blur well i cannot thank you enough for talking to me today and and taking the time out of your busy fucking schedule bitch to talk even more i truly truly appreciate it thank you I, so much for having me this is a treat no, i love it i, I adore you, just, like, you live in palm springs yes i do I, I got a house out here uh well i i don't say got if i say got a house it sounds like i bought many but i haven't <laughs> so i never had a house i was just hoarding mm-hmm. money for many years and i had come to palm springs one night to work at this small um venue here it was the riviera and i it was a one-off date i'm like something about it i liked i said i could mm-hmm. live here and then a year later i came out and within a week had this house and Corona hit. And so I've been here this entire oh time. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, what a dream though, to be like, I live in paradise. I fucking oh, love Palm Springs. Okay. Well, when you coming Ooh. out here, bitch, next time you're coming out, you come into the house, okay. uh, drinks by the pool. I would love uh, to get a caftan, a little drink. Yes. Ooh, you know the routine. Feel your yes. little oats. Okay. Yes. And I then fucking you love can, Palm Springs. You can sit by my pool and go, who you fucking? <laughs> <laughs> 
Who are you fucking? Who are you fucking? Well, I truly thank you, and I can't wait to see you until you come out here. I love you, and I adore you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my love. Oh, and we'll talk thank soon. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bye, Bianca. Bye, baby. Thank you. <laughs> A podcast network.